Hey everyone, welcome to Kibbe on Liberty. We're doing a series of special interviews this week from Porkfest in New Hampshire. This is a project of the Free State Project and it's a gathering of libertarians and constitutional conservatives, Republicans. Uh, we even had some uh, converted progressives here who are looking for liberty and we're hanging out in this beautiful place and these conversations are gonna be awesome. Check it out. Raising no one to come, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, husbands are somewhat unreliable. Oh yeah, it's okay. He's gone. Maybe yeah, he's gone. Yeah, After he's gone. That, yeah, because he thinks he he heard hundreds of times he's bored when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> so we were supposed to do this last year, right? At Porkfest, and here we are a year later. Um, it's good to see you, Lily. Good to see you. I was wondering how have you been. I didn't follow up with everybody, you know, closely. Yeah. But I was worried about their well-being. You know, I hope everybody's doing okay. They're surviving. And they're not depressed. Of course, not you. You know, you got beer. Yeah, <laughs> we had beer. Like we had a very busy year last year mm -hmm. because um, I, I sort of became obsessed about the horrible things that that governments were doing in terms of lockdowns. So, in a strange way, Free the People had a super productive year because we did a lot of work on that above and beyond the stuff we normally do. So, oh, good. So you were the, working, the work, busy working. Yeah, the work kept us busy and. Focused. That's good. That's good to hear that. Yeah. How about you? Like so, so uh, the Porkfest met last year. Heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, of course, uh, locked down. Naturally, social distancing in our new house in New Hampshire. We moved November of 2019 from Colorado. I'm so glad we did that, because yeah. uh, we you know we have 20 acres land no neighbors so naturally social distancing right right but every day I was working I was working at the beginning donating actually medical masks to our hospitals helping a Chinese refugee who has a business and he has connections he loves America and uh, then he said Lily my English is not good can you help me donate a mask I want to save lives so I have some connections in California. So now have some connections in New Hampshire, but I called so many hospitals and set up donations. Even a little bit helped them. Every day I was busy and then later he ran out of money to donate. He said, why can't you help me sell some? And so we sold two hospitals in California. And uh, when I tried to promote his story and nobody wanted to interview him, you know why? Because he's an anti communism he said uh, he said uh, I love America I'm sorry this terrible COVID happened here but the evil of CCP does not represent the regular Chinese people and nobody wanted to interview him yeah I was like okay now I understand I got to look at their connections who is a parent company who owns those media TVs and stuff I guess when you are anti-communist you're no longer popular for media in this country is that scary that was the creepiest thing about lockdowns for me was that it became acceptable and even heroic to suggest as many in mainstream media did that the communist party of china had the right model by by so aggressively locking people down and you know that the government was putting all out all that phony data how like no one was getting sick and no one was dying and everybody knew that it was a lie but the mainstream media embraced 
this this wildly authoritarian approach to things, both physically and in terms of what you were allowed to say. How the hell did that happen? Well, I was、uh, so be honest. I couldn't sleep last year. I was very worried. It's like, what's going on? This、uh, my second country. I came here when I was all but almost twenty-four years old. My life opinion, my ideology, my indoctrination, all were pretty set in stone. When you're up to that age, and it took me twenty years in this country to learn about free market, freedom, liberty, and all that good stuff. Twenty years. So I'm in my middle age, in my forties. I realize I woke up. This country is not the same country. I decided to flee to for freedom, and lots of Americans. I saw the war for freedom. I couldn't find them last year. Yeah. And I said,、uh, how could Americans just live in fear? Let the government shut down them? How could they take the Chinese style, hardcore, also touring lockdown on Americans? Yeah. I I couldn't understand. I think okay, maybe the fear is temporary. Maybe we need to have more data. Then more data showed, and、uh, especially last year, when one thousand public health officials come out to support the BLM, and I say, hey, how come the virus has a color, has a politics attached to it? I mean, like our public health officials. So-called、uh, bureaucrats, who actually are quite、uh, political, how could we trust them on COVID suggestions and guidelines? Everything is politicized. Of course, I always hold my reservations because I watch Chinese news and listen to Mandarin Chinese report about China weekly basis. So I see the similarities. I see the rhetorics. And I was just、uh, so worried. Why they don't hold China accountable? They even attack China, Wuhan virus name. I should feel offended when somebody call Wuhan virus. Chinese call Wuhan virus inside、right. China and outside China. Yeah. So I see the something to do with election year, something to do with media, some something to do with、uh, authoritarianism in this country for years and years. Our Our not just talk about children anymore. Our students, our youth, and our Americans don't understand. They're confused. They totally live in fear, and they trust government politicians. They trust the bureaucrats, unelected. Our masters just accept them. They are right. They are the science, and、uh, we should just give up our constitutional rights and stay home. Put your mask on. Go get a vaccine when they tell you to. Educate your kids at home on computer, and、uh, whatever. Obey. Don't ask questions. When I try to ask questions, I get fact checked by Facebook. Yeah. And I get warnings. It's just like, are we becoming like China? That's why lots of Chinese immigrants like me were scared. Really, we're becoming like China. We're gonna lose America. Americans are lost. Yeah. That's how we feel. Americans, or half them, or more than half, are lost. Well, that is precisely why you're sitting in that chair right now. Because I would love to, for people that don't know your story, I know your story, and and I think a lot of libertarians know your story because you've been you've been banging this drum for a long time. But talk about growing up in China and what that was like. And then we're going to get into some of the similarities you see with what's happening in America today. 
So I was born two years before Mao's Cultural Revolution. Illiterate, working class family, supposed to be workers' rule, the proletarian class, the red class, and the oppressed group. What did I get? Live in poverty. A family share one bathroom, one water faucet, no heating in the, in the winter. I got a frostbite on my foot to prove it. And uh, of course, no appliances and uh, even no light in the community housing bathroom. So I had no idea what is the world like outside. The Communist Party controlled everything. No private companies, no private ownership or any thought. And we, I would love to dream to have a radio to listen to music. No, could not even afford a radio. 6.30 in the morning during the Mao's Cultural Revolution, like a concentration camps, a big loudspeaker come on, 6.30. Time to wake up, time to go to work. Well, everybody got a guaranteed job. Like Bernie Sanders said, everybody guarantee a job under communism or socialism. Well, what kind of job is that? Do I have a choice not to work or not to take this job, that job? No, no labor market. Everybody working for government. Then we supposed to get a free health care, free education. No, we had to pay for everything. My parents, because they're in literally working class, even though my dad was a Communist Party member, no, he, he was very low, bottom of the class. A little bit better than the 70% of population living in countries that are called the peasants. And they were promised the world, free land, nothing came. They were starving. So we were living on food rationing coupons, and we were living on community housing, like I told you, very primitive. But we're supposed to say, thank you, Kong Yang, I'm grateful. Long live Chiang Mai Mao. Long live Communist Party. 10,000 years, another 10,000 years. So I was a totally indoctrinated child. I had no idea. I never challenged. Why would you say 10,000 years? Like you would think, is he human or is he God, right? No, I never asked questions. I did not know. Yeah, okay, you do that until he died. I was 12. So how did he die? Thinking, thinking, has some brain left. Yeah. So I will not say I woke up. I was just asking questions more now to myself to see my generation, my parents' generation, we're so poor, we're so grateful, and he died. Who lied to me? Yeah. So that's when I start to challenge. Okay, Mao's cultural revolution, that's another story. Mao become like a god. He told us, we have a cultural revolution to get rid of four olds. Old culture, old habits, custom, and ideas. So he used that, and all the red guards, urban youth, who could not go to school, to say, we need to get rid of all old. They're right, they're bad people in our society. Then he divided people, like a typical Marxists do, oppressor group, oppressed group. But he put the five black classes under the oppressor group. Who are they? Landlords, rich peasants, and uh, of course, the bad influencers of society, that's very subjective, right? And the rightists, like who are they? So it's all party classify them 
five black classes under the oppressor group, and I was supposed to be a red child. Under oppressed, you know they they you know they 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 workers poor, revolutionary you know murders and you know and you know of course PLA soldiers and of course the Communist Party members officials. So we supposed to be the ruling class, and but we supposed to hate the black class. So we were taught so much hate, bad people, bad black classes. We should uh, eliminate them. I was so brainwashed. Mao become like God. Talk to me from this guy, and the bad black classes. We supposed to write the diaries to report on your neighbors, maybe even your family members. You, if you know your grandpa or your grandma used to be capitalist, own the land, you're supposed to tell the state. You're supposed to write in your diaries. And uh, I learned that lesson at an early age, that uh, because when I was seven years old, I learned about collective society. I talked to my girlfriend. I'm the best student, 100% on every subject. I will be the first one joining Young Pioneer, Mouse Grassroots Organization for elementary school students. I never expected. She told my teacher on me. <laughs> she is full of herself. She is too confident. She thinks she'll be the first one to wear the red scarf. So she reported on me. So after seven years old, I kind of learned. Ooh, I cannot trust anybody. I need to keep everything to myself. So in my diary, I learned. Kumbayan, PC, everything's good. I only say good stuff. Yeah. And uh, but other people might say, "Dear Chimaimo, I'm sorry. I forgot something. I I did not think about this thing in a political correct way." Uh, uh, so basically, that kind of a system, hatred, division, turn everybody into communist party spies. Report to police. Report to your teachers. Well, I I. It's like that kind of society we're living. Now you know why when you go to China, you want to do business, you need the connections, you need the people you can trust, go drink, go build relationships. Because no trouble, nobody can trust you if you don't go through this relationship building process. That's the system we're grabbing. So that's why I sometimes talk about, you know, today's division in the society, war culture, castle culture, critical race theory. To me, it's a similar tactics. Just divide people up. Let them fight each other. Let them hate each other. And lots of useful idiots being used by the bad actors who are truly regular people's enemies who want to divide you up and take your rights and freedom and they're always in charge, be your master, be your, be your you know, like a trusted so-called leaders. I just said, this is so familiar. So when I woke up, go to college, finally I had a chance after Mao's Cultural Revolution ended, he died. I said, I was used, I was lied to, I need to go to university to study, search for truth. I wanted to study law so I can maybe have a true justice, a, a, a law, rule of law society. I was still naive, I did not realize one party dictatorship rule is not gonna change anything. Absolute power were corrupt, absolutely. And I went to college, I wanted to change China at the age of 17 in Shanghai. I was told, no, law is not for justice. The law is a tool for the party to use to govern the masses. You are just one of the masses, one of the numbers. You're not even individual with human rights. I was lost again 
And I become rebellious teenager in college. I went to lots of crazy stuff. Whatever you teenager do in this country, maybe I did in China, except that we did not have access to some stuff. <laughs> and so dancing, yes. Violate the laws to not go back to your dormitory on time because we had a curfew as college student. 10:30 at night, get back to your room. Lights come off in your room. It's like we're children. So when the dancing party started, Department of Education in the 80s, at the beginning, ban our dancing parties because we want to be like American, right? Dance. We even learn disco. Move our body any way we want. It's a kind of freedom to shake your body, right? And、uh, we were told, you cannot be like capitalist lifestyle. Don't wear blue jeans. Don't have your hair down. Because during the Mao's Cultural Revolution, what you wear, how much you eat, what hairstyle you can wear, and、uh, who you get married to, and、uh, household registration—it's tracking you from birth until you die. That kind of system. You cannot just pack your bag and move in. No, you stay here. Papers, please. So when I went to Shanghai, I had this little freedom in the eighties. It was a great time in college to express yourself,、yeah. and that's when I start to really challenge, ask questions. Up to that point in my life, I think that was best time. Best time. That that whole process of of dehumanization and、uh, eliminating the four olds, like even even I. See the analogy with what's happening on today—the way that we want to erase history and institutions, good, bad, and otherwise. But, but, but the part that's more sort of ominous to me is when when you compare、um, the the divisions of the Cultural Revolution: us versus them, red versus black, good guys versus bad guys, with with sort of critical race theory and intersectionality. And the way that they really want us all to view our fellow Americans as the enemy, and all it does is shift power to the state, and that was the purpose of it in China, right? Right.、Um, I can recognize that, but lots of people in this country—they're—it's like they're confused, or they feel passionate about their own side. I mean, they all feel passionate about identity. Politics, you know, according to your race, your color, your economic status, or whatever. But I recognize that exactly. That's what they did. Mao did to us. Twenty million people died during the Cultural Revolution, and also law enforcement. Law enforcement was told to stand down because when you go through this public big square. Struggle sessions where red classes, red guards hold their face up like this to make you publicly shamed, make you to denounce yourself, denounce your ancestors, your families, and they they don't want anybody getting their way. So if let's say if you go to struggle sessions as black class and red guards do not think you did a good job to self criticize. And denounce your ancestors, your families, and to draw the knives. They're gonna throw rocks at you. They're gonna torture you, and nobody's there to save you. Some children cannot handle that pressure because their families are black classes, and the only way they can preserve themselves is to say, "I'm gonna change my last name from Wang to Tang, or Tang to Zhang." So I will say to the country. And to 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 the red guards, to the、um, party, I change my name. 
I denounce my families. I draw the line. They're no longer my families. How sad is that? They're like 16, 15 years old. Yeah. And their family just watching them with tears. And the one, sometimes you see your family getting tortured in front of your eyes. Someone dies. Think about it. They live with their guilt all their lives. And those stories need to come out. But we still, you know, are fighting communism. And Chinese people still not free. We even don't have a cultural revolution, a good movie or good museum to talk about those victims. Yeah. yeah. So, so our friend Lee Schooland has, has been on the show and, and you mentioned something that I want to drill down on a little bit. She was a black family, and you were a red family. Your dad was in good standing, and so you had it better, right? Well, actually, if my grandfather, you know, was living that time, he was a landowner, and he died of mysterious disease, and in order to trade his disease, sold all his land. And also my grandma went through struggle sessions. She married to also a rich from my mother's side, a rich guy as a second wife. We, I could be easy black child, a black family yeah. went through what she went through. But because of all that happened in the past and people died and both my grandfather, real grandfathers died, you know, I never met them. So I was a rich child because of my, they were dirty poor. My, grand, my, my dad grew up as often. Yeah. But they say so, I had a, Friends who were black, family, children, students, I I feel for them. I mean, I listen to Lee Schoolland story. It's just so sad. I feel like, geez, like how many people were like me? Red children hate them, and supposed to hate them, and then later required, we were. Required, you're required to hate them. Otherwise, how do you become politically correct? And I wanted to wear the red scarf. I wanted to become party like the Red Guard member because that's what Red children students supposed to join them. Yeah. So you get a pat on the back, good student, good child, and you turn my mouth, party all love you, and you, you know, and you are the so-called revolutionary and three married students. I went through all that process, and I did not know that. Uh, it was all lies. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know, except uh, I also learned how to protect myself, seal my lips. Yeah. Just to go out, do whatever I supposed say, to say do. Say what you're supposed to yeah. say. So Lee, Lee tells this story. I don't know if she's ever told it publicly. Um, I think so. We, we did some pretty long interviews um, about her childhood, but one of the stories, of, and as I recall, both of her parents were academics, and that's why they ended up in the black class, because academics were were an enemy of the people. Because they're rightists. Yeah. How do you define rightists or bad influencers? It could be intellectuals who were dissidents, yeah. who just disagree, and but the mouth threw them under the bus. Even Mao promised them, oh, we're gonna give you academic freedom. Yeah. No, he threw them under the bus. The, the creepy thing, uh, well, there's lots of creepy things about her story, but one of the things that she talks about is uh, a horrible experience where her mom was beaten by her neighbors. And that's what, going back to this whole dividing us and separating us and categorizing us, and I I see that dynamic in critical race theory, I see it in intersectionality, but I also see it, um, you know, we're we're now talking, uh, and and it looks like we've been able to push back on this uh, vaccination passports and whether or not you're wearing a mask, it's become a political question as opposed to a health question. 
and and you have strangers judging you, asking you, getting up in your face if you haven't complied with the one path forward defined by the government. Um, I don't think I'm being hysterical in suggesting there's a there's an analogy here to how bad it could get based on your experience. Well, it, it's very scary for me to think about we don't have a choices anymore as in the individuals, and we don't have a privacy. We don't have a even health freedom. When we are conditioned by the politicians, bureaucrats, and, and the medias to condemn people, shame people, just because they have different opinions, or they choose different than what you do, and then neighbors, the community people will turn on each other, and they can call police, come to arrest you. They can go to your home, harass you. They can shut you down your church. I, it just, that's why I decided I even want to come out louder to tell my stories. Lots of people need to know, don't you know what you're doing? To your fellow citizens, it's exactly what the communists want you to do and Marxists want you to do. When BLM come out, the founders, I'm not talking about peaceful protesters, I'm talking about the founders come out, we are trained Marxists. It's like, who trained them? Who found them? How long they have been prepared for this to have a cultural revolution on American soil, right? Yeah. I mean, I have been warning people about Americans go down wrong paths for a long time. But the last year was really at the height of this. And I also know what the Chinese government, the CCP, wants to achieve in America. I have been following up what they're doing. So I feel just this country is really in crisis. And the people still don't feel urgently about that. So I, I'm the co-chair of New Hampshire Aging American Coalition with a Vietnamese. Vietnamese refugee who came to this country and lived in New Hampshire for 27 years. She said, Lily, it's up to us now. Americans are lost, lots of them, and they're afraid to be called racist. You and I have to come out. Yeah. So we started a rally, we write press release, we also advocate for lung discrimination against the aging children. You know, it's I think we aging Americans, for some reason, I think we are kind of inconvenient minority. They don't know what to do with us. Same time, they want to say anti-aging hate, Wuhan virus is racist name, or whatever. So it's like, oh, they should be on our side. Then next day, they were dropped the lawsuit by DOJ to against the Yale, who discriminate against our children, who work their butt off to go to best university. And uh, they are the high achievers above the white students, but they cannot get in because your skin color is yellow, because you have yellow skin. It's like, a, can't you please address our concern if you really care about us, but you really don't, because you want us to play oppressed victims. Always victims are easy to manipulate and rely on government to protect you. But if we want to be high achievers, go to Harvard, go to Yale, no, wait for your quotas because you are too excellent. We're going to put you under the bottom of the list. We'll let other people who are oppressed. So which group should I belong to? I don't have a box I can belong to, right? Oppressor or oppressed? As I said, we have a biracial children, three of them. My husband's 
100% white. I'm 100% Chinese. How am I going to go home to say, oh my God, you're racist, dad. Or oh, my children think that the dad is white supremacist, but I'm Chinese, so I'm supposed to be oppressed. But my husband actually is always saying to people, oh, no, no, no. I'm the one who is oppressed in the home <laughs> by by yeah. very tough tough lady from China. <laughs> look, look, I'm married. I understand oppression. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't you know. know same thing. <laughs> I know. Oh, she's saying, "Hey." Uh oh. Uh oh. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, pay for I'm that later. Is, can we just promote love? You would think by yeah. international marriage, right? By racial marriage, it's great. That means we understand each other. We learn from each other. I oh, we're still learning about each other. Uh, he thinks I'm fascinating and, you know, because I'm not predictable, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is good. And we learn about each other's culture, history, you know, ancestry uh, and the personality. And it's it's great. Right. But uh, there's lots of interracial, you know, interracial marriages. And uh, that's why I want the people. I want 99 percent Americans to be united, yeah. not divided. That's how you lose a country and lose our freedom, too, to the Marxists who want to divide us. And that's. That's why we're here today, right? And that's why you are here. And I want to get into your journey from um, Colorado to New Hampshire and and your evolution to libertarianism, because I feel like even though this feels like the worst possible time to believe in liberty, because we're we're getting squeezed on both sides, uh, nationalism on the right and and this authoritarian progressivism on the left and and the fear that has been exploited by governments to do all of these insane things to us over the last year, uh, you touched on something that is our secret sauce. We actually have this idea that, that through voluntary cooperation, people that are different in a million different ways can get along and thrive and love each other. That's the libertarian story. And you decided, I don't know what it was, and you'll correct me, but uh, two or three years ago, maybe four years ago, you decided that you and your husband were going to move from Colorado to New Hampshire. Uh, why did you do that? Well, I, um, um, of course, I run for U.S. Senate as libertarian candidate in Colorado, and uh, I think I worked very hard, even totally um, deserted my you know self-employed business and because I was busy you know doing campaign and uh, and, and I, I, got I was at one of your rallies right somewhere in Colorado and I, I got 3.6 yeah. percent and that was best breaking history in Colorado I even got into debate with two major party candidates and I just wanted to promote liberty tell my stories and they ignore me because I'm not relevant because I'm third party candidate that just really wake me up they will not let me to get into debate again because when I debate them, I got the loudest cheers from the audience and they were not even our Libertarian Party members. So people love liberty and like somebody who's not politician who can talk to them straight to their face, to their eyes, to make the connection. Because I'm just a Chinese immigrant, fled communist country for American dream, for freedom in this country. I don't want to talk about politician. So after I when 3.6%, I was looking for where I can be more effective as uh, somebody who is a political activist. And I saw Colorado trend is not very good. Now it's totally blue. And uh, so I and look into New Hampshire, I just love, I did not know they have a model, live free or die. 
and they study the history a little bit. It's like a, and this is a cool state, and the most friendly Second Amendment rights, and the low income tax in the state, low sales tax, and the representatives, four hundred of them represent the people. Low pay, oh, they can pay a hundred dollars a year, and that's all that stuff. And the man came here first trip, four days, pick up state constitution. In the state capital, talk to liberty people. I was so like um, 2016, and prepare two or three years to come to this state to basically to say if I cannot even keep the freedom rights in the free state in New Hampshire, we cannot be the model or example for the other states. I don't know who else, where else we're gonna go to do this. You know, of course, there's Texas, there's Florida. But I love New Hampshire. I think it's beautiful here. You know, we got a tall, big trees, and I like four seasons. I, I like the mountains. Then we have rivers and lakes. Oh, I should maybe get hired by New Hampshire Tourism Department, right? <laughs> you know, it's like I just loved it. Yeah. So I come here to be effective and uh, and to live really the spirit of live free or die. So finally, we moved November of 2019, right before. That, that was great timing. And, and for those of you listening to this as a podcast, we are under a tent <laughs> and it started to rain. So don't blame the bad sound on Logan, our sound engineer. You can edit this out in post, right? Yeah. He promises. Uh, yeah, we can adjust to but the it, it does, or, or, or sound, right? It does, it does rain in New Hampshire, it turns out. Well, you know, that's why everything is so green, right? This is not desert. Like a Colorado is dry weather, and uh, and and uh, I'm from Chengdu, Sichuan Province, and also not desert, and uh, not very high altitude. So I told my husband, I think uh, I think I like here. I think I yeah. feel more like a home here. <laughs> so you um, um, you told me something uh, before we got started that I'm going to out you on. Um, you you switched from Big L Libertarian Party, and you are now a Republican. Whoa. Um, so I'm, I'm joking, of course. I, I, I would love for you to talk about what's going on with the Free State Project and um, the efforts by libertarians to um, get Republicans to actually represent the values that they talk about so much, but maybe not. So here's a little background. I, when I first became a U.S. citizen, I was independent for, many, for, for a while because uh -huh. I said, well, I'm going to have a well-informed decision about which party I'm going to join. I have lots of Democrat friends. I also have lots of uh, Republican friends, and include John's you know, family members. But I wanted to study on my own, because uh, after I went through Mao indoctrination, I truly appreciate to be an independent thinker. And me, don't, nobody can ever force anything on me. So I did the research. I studied the, the, the platform. Oh, the Republican Party platform, small limited government, really so to me. My English wasn't even good enough, but I understand that part. I understand, you know, constitutional rights. And, and of course, Ron Powell really made a big uh, impression on me. And uh, so I joined the Republican first as a citizen. And I did my internship in state capital in Colorado and with a budget committee chair who was a Republican. And uh, I learned uh, grassroots um, activities and I become HOA board member, charter school board member, and exercise power as a parent to write. 
And I did all that in order to learn about my new country. How do I get involved as a new citizen? And uh, but then 2008, I realized Bush under Bush when they bail out the banks, they abandoned the small limited government. No child left behind. Expansion of the Medicare and the Patriot Act and, and all their violation of privacy. It just woke me up to say, what's going on with this party? I don't like it anymore. And my husband told me, do you know in the United States we have lots of parties? I said, like what? Then he told me about Libertarian Party and the Green Party and all the other parties. And so I checked into Libertarian Party platform. Platform is great. I was so, I'll say, okay, I'll get involved. I go to their party meetings instead of Republicans. And uh, that was 2008, first time I really woke up to see, um, you know, what, it, what, what kind of direction we're going to. So, and lots of liberty loving people there. And uh, I become a chair one time, 2015. I ran state house, US Senate, I run twice. But as I said, the problem is that in Colorado, you can run anything you want because you can get on the ballot. In New Hampshire, you cannot. And also, I found out that as small parties, they keep you out of debate. So I just want to be effective for liberty. My star, North Star, is freedom in this country. You know, that you have to be effective. How am I going to let people listen to my stories if nobody is even including me in the debate or my name is on the ballot? So, um, of course, you know, party has issues too. You know, lots of uh, people spend time, instead of advanced liberty, they're fighting each other or attacking each other. You're already small tent, you're fighting each other. I don't get it, I don't get involved with that. Libertarians fight with each other? (laughs) Does that happen, guys? Yeah. No, that never happens. Is that too much individualism or what? But uh, fundamentally, we need to respect each other. Let's say you and I disagree. I pick up phone to say, hey man, what's going on? Can you explain this to me? I don't understand and solve that privately and focus on outside and advanced liberty. That's why I put, uh, sorry, Dave Smith on the spot to say, hey, people even don't understand. Either horrors of communism, socialism, our young people also don't know about libertarianism. Have we been effective at all to win people over from the public? That's why I'm worried to death we're losing America as our country. And everybody just like kind of agree with me. They gave me a lot of, you know, hands and stuff. But that's truly my concern. I want to advance liberty. I, want, I don't want to relive in China. I don't want to li- relive a totalitarian society. So I decided I'm going to be here effective and uh, grassroots organizing, get my message stories out, inspire people. Politics is local. If you cannot even get the school members to listen to you and get the police come to arrest you like Virginia County, how are you going to do anything? You are taxpayers and you elect these people who pretend that they are your tyrants. It's crazy. So politics is local. So I decided I'm going to be involved with the Republican Party. I like lots of Republican um, um, members in this state because there are lots of them are like us. They want small limited government. So we just have to get those people more involved in politics, get them elected. So that way that uh, we're not going to, you know, spend lots of time just to, you know, watch the radical left to run us over. And you're, you're a Republican Party official. What is your role? And I come here and uh, volunteer to reboot the wear committee last year because it was election year. I want to get our representatives elected. And uh, the last January, we had the election, and uh, I got 
elected again as chair of the committee. Now we have team now, four people instead of just the old two people I was appointed. I put another vice chair, my, my actual best friend in my town. And uh, so now we have an official committee and team. We have monthly meeting. I'm a state delegate. I'm a county delegate. I'm also doing the, I'm elected a supervisor of the checklist in my town last March. So I'm doing my duty as a public servant. And I also run the uh, New Hampshire Aging American Coalition. So one person in 18 months, you know, I wish I could do more. And I'm trying to do all the interviews, all the speakings, and educate people. And, uh, and I always ask people, please don't demonize our American citizens. You can demonize, know who your real enemies are. But we need to reach out to public. I don't want to every time when I come to Porkfest, we're talking about the same thing. And another year goes by, nothing gets done. It's that were not effective if you have nothing gets done. But New Hampshire, we're making progress. Yeah, you know? so you're yeah. optimistic about the Free State Project and your decision to move to New yes, Hampshire. Yes, lots of good people here, uh, activists, almost full time, and lots of them are you know, involved with the uh, local politics. And I just wish more people, we have about four or 5,000 people here and everybody is doing their part in different fields. You can do education, you can do the, you know, the private charity, you can do radio show, you can do self-employed business, do whatever you can. But, but if you don't do anything, then don't complain to me about what become a totalitarian state. Don't complain because we are citizens. Who is tie your hands down? I can't. I can't understand. Chinese cannot do it because they're afraid, because they're being brainwashed every day. They don't even have access to real internet. You know, like my talk is banned, right? They cannot see YouTube and my Facebook and everything. But we are here. We have each other. What is the excuse that you're not doing anything and you spend time attacking each other instead of go out? When people over to promote freedom and personal privacy, our human freedom, no, no excuse. If you want to attack me because I turn Republican, I just totally ignore you. I, you know, I don't have time for that. I'm focused on bigger cause. So that's why I always, uh, I don't, I never engage on Facebook attacks because it's not relevant to me. I have a bigger cause to fight for. I love it. Thank you. Thank you it's for good having hang, me. Good yes. hanging out. Yeah, good hanging I out. Wish, I wish you had some passion and energy, I think. I think it would work. Oh, are you out passionate by me? <laughs> I know my husband said that. Give, so it, a, give it up for Lily. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope my, I hope my English is not too sloppy because my husband said, when you get too passionate, your English words just suck. People <laughs> don't understand what you're saying. So I have to slow down my tongue, you know, but... But I'm too, I'm too fiery sometimes, he said, but, but he's from Texas, he understands. Yeah, he's from Texas, yeah. And uh, we're done, man. Eh? Yes, thank you. Oh. Thank you, but we're keeping that part, that's awesome. Well tell, <laughs> well, tell people to find me, my page is Lily for Liberty, L-R-L. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to ask you that, like, we're still rolling, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So how well, do we find Lily Tang Williams, and, yeah. and do you bottle this energies, because... <laughs> a lot of us would need some of that. Well, I have a, a page. I started actually 2014. And uh, so, you know, I was committed to long-term cause. It's called a Lily for Liberty. L-I-L-Y, number four, Liberty. Now I have almost 20,000 followers. 
So I have lots of followers even from other countries, including, I'm hoping, that from communist socialist countries, they always tell me, Lily, tell them, tell Americans what it is. That we cannot lose America because that's still, they still think America is the shining city on the hill for freedom. Because they, they there's not so, even people in Canada, they, they're not so hopeful there, you know, or EU. And my Twitter is also same thing, Lily for Liberty. I'm on Instagram, MeWay, YouTube, Lily Tong Williams has lots, lots of uh, um, YouTube videos there. I need more subscribers. Right now I'm about 4,000, but Twitter is 6,000. Please go there. You have my permission, everybody. Use my messages, my posts, my videos to send to everybody, especially you school board members who want to teach and CRT and teachers who don't understand this is a mass cultural revolution. The Marxists, they don't care about your race, okay? They don't care about your skin color or you are poor or not. They make everything sounds good, but you all will be through under the bus if you buy into that. Because once the communists take over, guess what? Doesn't matter if you support them at the beginning or not, just like what happened on their mouth. They threw you under the bus. They can kill you, they can knock you up. Look how many people today lock up in China and people don't call, talk about it. Human rights lawyers, 30 of them disappeared and they're locked up. They cannot defend their clients because themselves is locked up. And the people don't understand communist China's true colors. So my another job is constantly tell them what's also happening in China, what is the similarities with their tactics, our government tactics, why are all the tyrants learning from Communist Party tactics? That tells you why. They all want the power and control over regular people. We don't have a special interest. We don't have people represent us in, in Washington. So we have to renounce ourselves. No God, no Trump, nobody can save us. We have to save ourselves. Let's leave it there. That is awesome. Mm. Give it up one more time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That was amazing. Where can I get more content just like that? That's a great question. You're clearly a discerning consumer of the best content. Make sure to like the video, subscribe, and click the bell. And if you're consuming podcasts, go to Apple, Stitcher, anywhere you get them. I'm in. Kibbe on Liberty, honest conversations with interesting people. Mm -hmm.